have in my hand. Powerful Word of God. Can change lives. Heal broken hearts. Save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, man, you never look better. I can't remember having the stand this high before. This is <laughs> We're in our series, Don't Believe It, Dumb Things That Smart People Believe. Today we're going to look at the topic of everything happens for a reason. Now how many of you have found yourself saying and believing that? Okay, everything happens for a reason. Okay, very good, very good. You know, if you turn on the television, from ISIS to Muslims to build a wall to Mexico won't pay for it, (laughs) to the junior high cat fight that goes on called the Republican debates, We're in a mess, aren't we? I heard a politician say that $19 trillion in debt is a manageable debt. (laughs) Only a politician would believe that. And then their only solution to it is to have more money to spend to get us more in debt. I have tried that. I have gone to the bank and I've said, I know that my credit limit is this amount. But I need this amount, so I'm just going to go ahead and spend it. And I don't expect any more charges on my account due to it. You'll get it when you get it. Normally, it's met with raucous laughter and people looking at me like I'm absolutely an idiot. So, what do we do? We kind of ask questions. You know, where is God? When you look at all the turmoil around the world and you think of all the pain that people are experiencing, you might ask, where is God? What's God doing and what could possibly be God's plan with ISIS on the rise like, she, like they are? And they're killing Christians, leveling Christian artifacts and Christian buildings, and they're destroying anything that looks like Christ. How could God let that go on? And how does that fit into the plan that God has? North Korea set up just the other day and said they're ready to send a nuclear weapon and they've told their country and the people involved in that to be ready at any moment. Awesome. Awesome. So, don't believe... Everything happens for a reason. I mean, it sounds right. It sounds right. But, sometimes we we think if I flunk out of school, you know, God has a purpose. Yeah, you're stupid. That was your choice. Well, I, I couldn't make all my payments on my car, so I had to let it go back. Well, whose fault is that? 
let me see your checkbook and I can tell you why you can't make that payment. Because I bet you're spending it on something. It's been said that if you look at a person's checkbook, you can tell how much and what priority God has in their life. Now, why would that be? Because how many checks are you writing to the Lord? How many checks are you sending to the church? How many checks are you sending to missionaries? We've got the uh, Bassmasters thing going on here. I've never seen pickups and boats that look like these Bassmaster guys ride in. They've got stickers everywhere. They step out of their, and they have to drive, they drive their truck and their boat into the BOK Center because the fish have to, I understand, have to stay alive because if they bring dead fish back, it's not of any value. So they get out and they carry, they've got a, they've got a tune that they play. They pick their own tune to mark, walk up on the stage with, carrying fish in their hand. Really? And people are going nuts. Absolutely nuts. Watch these guys catching fish at Grand Lake. Okay. And they got to put them back. Man, do you catch that many? Let's fry them suckers up and have dinner. Come on. I mean, you, 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 the investment that you made, you've lost the whole thing. All your life savings is gone because you put all of it in the stock market. Again, the government's the only one that can, that can, that can print their own money. You and I can't do it. They put us in jail for that. At least some of them. But I also want you to know that there's dangers, and there's danger in thinking that everything happens for a reason. I want to give you three of them. Number one, it means God is responsible for things that go wrong. God is responsible for things that go wrong. The truth, God never causes evil. He does not cause it. We live in a fallen world. A broken world that's full of sin. And we, God has given us free will. You can choose. You can choose to hug and kiss your spouse. Or you can choose to kill them. I mean, you have free will. You can choose to love your children, or you can choose to kill them. And there's days that crosses your mind. Then you become a grandparent, and you realize what you missed out on by being a parent. Hey, grandparents does a whole lot better. Because Cindy said we were babysitting the other day, so I went to the store and bought candy. Man, I get sacks of candy. She goes, they don't need that candy. I said, that's right. <laughs> but I love my grandchildren. I don't want to give them candy because they don't get it at home. She makes them eat vegetables and fruit. I get Twix, baby. Come into Campbell's house. Come on. Snickers. Three Musketeers. Yeah, some of y'all coming over to my house too. I understand. Yeah. No, I've got plenty at this point. I don't need any more adoptees. However, you could come take the bags of candy away, so I don't eat them. But one of the dangers in thinking that everything happens for a reason is that we think that when things go wrong, God's responsible for that. Where is God? Heard it at 9-11. Where is God? 
Why, did he, why didn't he stop those planes from flying into that Twin Towers building? Somebody answered and said, well, God was in the stairwell helping those get down and get out that could. You see, if God intervened in everything that was wrong in our life, the evil that, that Satan puts upon us, that the world, the broken world brings to us, if God intervened in all that, we'd never depend on Him. That's what's wrong with our culture now. We have young people that have been bailed out all their life. They got a handout. Instead of a hand up, they got a handout. 49% of America gets a check from the government every month. And they're standing in line waiting to get that. And if, you, if you're late, your whole world changes. Second danger is it, it means I'm being irresponsible to justify my sinful nature when things go right. Every life choice has a consequence. Whatever you decide, whatever you choose, will have either a good or a bad ending. Amen? It's true. Life's full of choices. Be careful what you choose. My mother used to tell me to not hang around certain people. I never understood that because, you know, I, I liked hanging around them. But invariably, they would be the ones that get me in trouble. Brian told me one time that when he and Brad were growing up, their dad would say to him, Okay, when so-and-so comes to the party... You leave. Well, they, they obeyed their dad. And sure enough, they'd be gone, and then the next day they'd hear about the riffraff that went on when so-and-so showed up. Yeah. See, as adults, we still do the same thing. We still hang around people that are toxic in our life, people that are no good for our life, and yet we still hang around them, and we expect a different consequence to come. Third danger. It means I'm being devastated by misplaced hope when things go wrong. When your child comes down with cancer, your child's born with a disability. I saw a video the other day, an encouraging video. There's a young man standing on the little platform. They were going to do the, uh, it's, what, what is that, the butterfly swim where they do their legs. He has no arms. He was born without arms. So he's standing on this platform and he's ready to go swim. And he's in a competition. They shoot the gun, man, and he takes off. They all take off. That guy is, I mean, I've never seen somebody go that fast in the water. But he gets to the other end and wins. But he can't grab the side and hold himself up. Somebody's going to reach down and pull him back up so he doesn't drown. But man, did he look like a fish going through that water. He's adapted, hadn't he? He didn't let a disability stop him. What, what are you disabled about? What are you disabled about? Everything happens for a reason. And God, God can take those situations. And sometimes we think God's going to make a fairy tale ending happen. But not always. But not always. Got word yesterday that one of our little guys here at the church is, is is having an eye issue. He can't see out of his left eye. But the doctors believe it's early enough in his life that they can get that corrected. Isn't that awesome? That medicine knows how to do that. 
Well, I'm just believing that God's going to do something even more fun. He's liable to show up and can see 2020 out of the eye that they said he can't see out of. You never know. You never know. But I tell you what, I saw that little boy this morning. <laughs> he hadn't changed a lick. Hugs everybody, laughs. He said, I can't see in my left eye. I said, can you see me in your other one? He goes, yeah. I said, okay, that's all that matters. Because I'll be half the size I am and normally see. That's good. What a sweet spirit, amen? What a sweet spirit. A few weeks ago, I, Jeff was preaching for me while I was in Houston. And uh, he was preaching on the topic, let your conscience be your guide. And, of course, that's a, that's a phrase that Jiminy Cricket made popular. Uh, well, maybe not. Maybe Jeff made it popular. I'm not sure. Jiminy, Jiminy Jeff. He made it popular. But that's kind of where this idea of everything happens for a reason comes from. Let your conscience be your guide. But I want us to go back to that memory verse that we read earlier, and let's read it again. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. Now, there's some conditions within that verse. Look at them. Look at the conditions. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of who? Those who love God and are called. He's going to take whatever happens in our life and make good out of it. It's like Verlin told me. He says, you know, preacher, whatever happens to me with this cancer stuff, he said, I win. He's exactly right, isn't he? Ultimate healing is never here anyway. Where's the ultimate healing? It's on the other side. I will have a new knee. I won't have to worry about not eating butter brickle. I can do whatever I want over in heaven. Can't wait. Watermelon is big as a, as a horse. I'm ready to have some. No seeds and it'll be sweet and yellow meated. Get. I won't want it? Well, you, you done messed me up today. I can't preach anymore. But you see, whenever rough times come, whenever rough waters come, my God can supply. The doctors were baffled by Bryant's healing. We were baffled by Bryant's healing. Look at him now, you think, hey, boy, never been sick. But what a tender moment he, he led us to see just a while ago, amen? In those dark hours, he didn't look for anything but Jesus. Found him. Found him in the form of a song. How awesome. So, don't believe everything happens for a reason, but do believe that God can use everything for His purpose. God can use everything for His purpose. So, on the inside of your handout, I want to give you four things that God, four ways that God uses good and bad, the good and bad in our lives, to assist us. Number one, He uses these things to draw us closer to Him. God says, I'm going to do this to draw you closer to me. Though God didn't cause whatever your pain is right now, He can use it to draw you 
closer to Him. And that's what needs to happen, is we need to draw closer to God in our moments of struggle. Amen? We need to let God know that we're here with Him, and we're here for Him, and we want Him to be over us and in us and through us and moving and shaking and all the things. If it's the roughest time of all times, it doesn't matter. Let God in to your life. He'll help you. I can't imagine a mom and a dad getting word that their child is ill or their child can't see out of one eye. And You know, that's got to just grab you deep inside. Well, without the Lord to lean on, my goodness... It's hard to get through those times. I've often wondered, how does a non-believer whose loved one dies, how do they get through the agony of the death if they're not a believer? My oldest brother was that way. People would die and he'd go, well, die and you're just buried and that's it. I thought, how sad is that? There's got to be something better than this life to look forward to. Amen? Sheesh, got to. Got to. You know, in heaven, OSU is going to win a national championship. Because it'll take heaven to get it there, I'm telling you. Look at them. Or Alabama. Alabama won't win anything anymore. Some of you people, come on. Two of you just woke up. What, are you talking football? <laughs> Look at our verses, Psalm 23. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Look where he is. Where is he when we're walking through that valley? Right there. Your rod, your staff, protect and comfort me. You know, underline those words. They protect and comfort me. When I'm in struggle, God is right next to me, and He's protecting me and comforting me in my biggest moment of struggle. Isn't that awesome? We've got to rejoice in the Lord. And this verse, it allows people to use God as a crutch. Some people say, Preacher, that's all you do is use God as a crutch. Well, what better crutch to use? I mean, when I had this knee replacement, I had to walk around on a walker. I'm an old guy, and I felt like an old guy. Couldn't get up without the walker. Couldn't sit down without the walker. I was glad the day I didn't have to use it anymore. And here I am standing in front of you. Some months later. With no pain. Zero pain in my knee. (laughs) But there's a lot of pain getting to this point. And that's okay. That's okay. Because now something else is ready to fall apart. So that's okay. That's right. Can I have an operation on my bottom? I don't know. I need to move on and not talk about that much. (laughs) So God might be my crutch, but what is your crutch? Do you turn to alcohol when things go bad? Do you turn to drugs? Do you turn to sex? Do you turn to food? See, I've got to put food in there. That's one of my turn-tos. It's always been food because food loves me. Food doesn't talk back to me. Food says, eat me, eat me, eat me. And I oblige. I found my verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I buffet my body daily that I might stay in the race. Of course, you've got to have a King James Version to make that work for you. 
Oh, it doesn't mean buffet? It's about the same. I guess there is a difference between buffet and buffet, isn't there? (laughs) But I'm so grateful that God can help me when I struggle. When I can't walk another step, He's there to lift me up. When I have to look deep down inside my heart and, and face some of the sin that's in my life that I thought I'd buried a long time ago, I'm so grateful God is there and Jesus is saying, you know, it's okay, Harold, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. You know, I've said before and I'll continue to say, if during the sermon sometime God is prompting you, the Holy Spirit is prompting your heart, and you want to just come up here and fall in front of that cross and pray, just do it. I'll just keep preaching. Don't, we won't even notice, notice you over there. And if somebody does notice you, they'll get over it. And if they notice you enough, they might come up and join you. Somebody said, well, we need an altar up front. Man, you don't need an altar. There it is. Here it is. Get on the floor where you are. But if you need a special place, that's why I love that cross up there, don't you? Y'all get mad when it's not up there. Use it. Use it to help yourself grow. So God can use my tough times in life to draw me closer to Him. Secondly, to help develop my Christ-like character. God is more interested in my character, my inner character, than He is about my comfort. He wants to chip away at the rough spots in my character because my character makes a difference. How I carry myself makes a difference. It's one thing to say you're a believer and a Christian and to live the life, and a whole different thing to actually put it into practice. The other days of the week other than Sunday. Well, you see it all the time, don't you? You work around them. Some of you go to school with them. Boy, they'll throw their hands up and hi. And you see them stealing stuff at the store. Or cursing while they're driving. Bitter water and sweet water can't flow from the same fountain. Well, I just have a habit of cussing and I just can't get over it. Yeah, you can if you want to. I just can't quit looking at pornography. Yes, you can if you want to. I just can't quit eating so much. Yes, you can, if you want to. Yeah, you can. Well, I just uh, seem like I turn to alcohol or I go to drugs. Whatever it is that's going to get me through this time. Because, man, I just I need some help to get through it. Find another way. Oh, you can, if you want to. Romans 5. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they're good for us. They help us learn to endure and endurance develops strength of character in us. Character strengthens our confident expectation of salvation. You see, we've got to go through these tough times in order to be changed from within. Troubles force us to grow up. Force us to develop patience. Don't ever pray for patience if you don't have children. Because you will have children. God goes, oh, I heard that prayer. Here we go. Well, but we can't have kids. Well, that's what Sarah and Abraham said. (laughs) 
Oh, preacher, you've lost your mind. You think I'm, my, me and my wife, we're 80 years old. We're not going, oh, okay, okay, all right, I got you. Don't tell God he can't do something. Okay? Second Corinthians, great verses. We are pressed on every side by troubles. Underline this, but we are not crushed and broken. We are perplexed, but we don't give up and quit. We are hunted down, but God never abandoned us. We get knocked down, but we get up again, and we keep on going. It was such a joy to watch Derek play for TU and when they were on TV. And he was always double teamed. I always thought, that's not fair. Give him one play where he can just go one-on-one with somebody, because he'll whip that guy in front of him. And just as sure as he's getting that guy and driving him into the backfield, some other clown hits him on one side. Or the other one hits him on the other side. Or both of them hit him, and he got three of them on him. Well, my question is, where's the rest of his team to cover the gap? But I felt bad for him. I wanted to run out on the field and grab him other guys and throw them down. Say, Leave him alone. Leave him alone. See, that's what God does. When we're being double teamed and we're being triple teamed, we're being pushed down, we're being shoved down, God's going, come on, man, we can do this. We can do this. And you get up and you keep fighting the fight. Amen? Oh, you're pressed on each side. You're pressed on each side. But you're not perplexed to the point of quitting. Keep going. God didn't cause your situation, but He wants to use it to first draw you closer to Him and secondly to develop that character to be more like Jesus. And then number three, to grow my faith. God doesn't cause everything, but God will use those difficult times that we go through to strengthen our faith. Look at First Peter 5. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about... Finish it. He cares about what happens to us. He really does. He wants you and me to be successful. He wants you and me to thrive. He wants you and me to be prosperous. Now, you instantly think of money. It might not be money. Well, that's good, because I sure don't have any of that. Okay, fine. But you're prosperous in other ways, aren't you? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. It doesn't say my pocketbook is the joy of my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So no matter what I face, I can face it with a smile on my face and a leap in my step because God is in control. I don't care who becomes the President of the United States next. I really don't. Because they can't change anything. Only God can change. Only God can change it. I'll wait. (laughs) Some of you are reluctant to get that one out. A preacher friend of mine, his name is Carrick Thomas. Carrick is the lead pastor of the church in Manhattan, New York. And Carrick is married to a gal named Lori. And I just want to read their story for you uh, this morning because it really fits what we're trying to say at this point. He says that they've been blessed with three kids and they're great. They love them. But it wasn't easy to start a family. Lori tried for five years unsuccessfully to get pregnant. And let me, he just wants to share his perspective on things. And, and let me just read it to you. 
In that process, we found that Lori had a disease in the thyroid. She had to have surgery, have her thyroid taken out, and went on medication. And so it was never a given that we would even be able to have children. Imagine our excitement when in 2007 we found out when we were pregnant for the first time and we were cautious. We didn't want to tell anybody. And so we waited until 12 weeks of the pregnancy before we told the family. We told our family. We told our friends. I told our church staff. We shared it with the church. We were so excited when we shared. And then at about 13 and a half to 14 weeks into the pregnancy... They went in for what was going to be the first big ultrasound to kind of reveal and get a good picture of this baby. We went in and she laid there. The nurse came in. I was holding Lori's hand. She had the wand and she began to go over Lori's belly. She did it for a few minutes and then she set the wand down. She looked at us. She said, there's something wrong. I need to go get the doctor. She stood up. She walked out of the room, and I remember Lori's fingernails digging into my hand. I looked over at her, and she had tears coming down her eyes. She only said two words. She said, oh, Carrick. I didn't know what to say. Felt like an eternity while we waited. Doctor walked in. He looked at at it for just a few moments. Then he said, look, I'm sorry. You've had a miscarriage. You lost the baby. Now, some of you know what Carrick and Lori felt that day in that room. Let me pick up his story. And as soon as he said that, we got up. Lori, Lori got up. She got dressed. And a moment later, we were standing outside on the sidewalk. And it seemed like everybody's life was going on, but our life had paused. Our life had stopped right there. I remember we walked over to the park nearby and we sat on a bench and we just cried we went home we sat on the couch we were quiet for a while we had a choice to make in the midst of that pain in the midst of that uncertainty we were going to get a we're just going to get mad at God and turn our back on him or we were going to lean into him and trust him I'll never forget that afternoon we pushed our coffee table away and we got on our knees in our living room And we prayed a prayer I'll never forget. We prayed and said, God, you know our heart. You know we want to have a family, but if it's just us and we can't have kids, that's okay. God, we just need you right now. And we're not going to run away from you. We need you because we can't handle this on our own. We're hurting in a way that we've never hurt before. God, Be here. Help us through this. Now, some of you know what that story means because you've been there yourself. You know that loss, and you know how devastating it can be. But you see, it's during those times that God can do His best work. Look at our next verse, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Each time He said, My gracious favor is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may what? Work through me. You see, God doesn't cause our pain, but He can use it to draw me close to Him, to develop my character, to be more like Jesus, to grow my faith. And then on the back, number four, to deepen 
my eternal perspective. You see, what I'm going through right now is not for eternity. (laughs) Don't make a permanent decision for a temporary issue. People who kill themselves, take their life, they're usually caught in a temporary situation. I mean, what are you going to do if you're a parent and your child comes home and says they're pregnant? Pregnant out of wedlock. There's a teenager. Whole life's in front of them, we say. Well, we can handle that. We go to Planned Parenthood and we'll take care of that. Well, 337,000 times last year, that's what happened. Planned Parenthood took care of that for somebody. 337 plus times just last year. It's not the baby's fault. Women say... It's my right to choose. It's my body I can choose. My contention and my answer is simply this. You made your choice. You made your choice. Don't kill the baby because of your ignorance and your choice that you made. But see, we've desensitized ourselves to where whatever's growing inside that mother is not really real. It's not really a life. Well, if it's not a real life, then why do they have to inject something to kill it before they can get it out? Hmm. Just something to consider. Look at 2 Corinthians 4. That's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Here's, Here's where Berlin is. Here's where Don is. Here's where all of us are. For our present troubles are quite small and won't last very long. So we don't look at the troubles we can see right now. Rather, we look forward to what we have not yet seen. For the troubles we see will soon be over, but the joys to come, they last forever. I can't wait for heaven, can you? I am ready to get to heaven. I want to see my grandmother. Listen to what she'll grab me by the ear, and I already know it. I want to see my older brother. I'm going to say, weren't you glad you went ahead and jumped in at the 11th hour? I want to see my other brother who was a believer in Christ that died from a gunshot wound. You know, I want to see those guys. I don't know if my brother John's going to make it, but I'm praying he does. He's a preacher, by the way. And I'd even like to see him. See my mom. I'm going to see, I'm going to see that old Pondville boy. Oh, stand in line. Well, I've got to go for you then. Can you imagine what she's going to have to say to him when she gets up there? Oh, it'll be a blessed reunion. I, I know I'll be walking around heaven and I'll hear this, How? And he'll be eating crawfish or something. Tell me again. That's right. No, I won't care for it. If I get it, that'd be great. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna want it because I'll have the Lord. I'll be full of the Lord. Isn't that awesome? But the Bible does say in Isaiah 56 that there'll be a banquet. I just rest my case. I rest my case. 
But what's the big key idea today on the back of your, your outline? Even though God may cause it, uh, may not cause it, he can always use it. He can always use it. If life knocks you down, stop believing that your pain is God's plan. God doesn't do evil, but He does bring new life. God's in the business of resurrections. And maybe it's time for you to experience a resurrection. I close with Philippians 1.6. And I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished. When? On the day when Christ Jesus returns. Pray with me. Father, we thank you so much for this promise. Thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. Thank you that you want to spend forever with us. And you so much demonstrated that by sending your son Jesus to die for our sins in our place so that we could have life and have it abundantly and look forward to the day when we rejoice around your throne forever and ever and ever. Oh, the temporary pains and agonies that we face now will compare nothing to what you have in store. God, would you just bless those this morning? There might be somebody here that's been using the wrong crutch. They've been leaning on the wrong things. It's time to put those aside and get right with you. There might be someone here who's never named you as their personal Lord and Savior. Father, they need to repent of their sin, be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, to go down and be buried and rise to walk in a new life. Make a connection with you in such a strong and powerful way that there's no doubt, no doubt in their mind where they're going from here. And then, God, there just may be some that are just carrying these burdens and they just can't get rid of them. Could they take them to the cross and leave them there? Whatever decision needs to be made, God, would you move in them in Jesus' name? Amen. Let's stand.